Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is JD. How are you, mate? Hello, senor. Oh, we weren't going to do a funny <laughs> intro, but we did it anyway. Hello, uh, Michael. Yes. So you've got your Mexican hat on. How did you how did you find the Mexican races and the um uh, early, <laughs> very early in, in one word early. <laughs> I I remember on the Sunday Sunday yeah Sunday morning sorry waking up woke up at six thirty again. I was like nailed it. Mexico and the US are pretty much same time zone. Look at where Austin is. Draw a straight line down. I'm like yep. Mexico is directly underneath that. They'll be the same time zone. They're not. No. Well, my whole talk of last week going, I love these early morning races. Wake up Sunday morning at 6.30, only to start watching Inside Supercar. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so I, I, I didn't get to see qualifying. and then um, it, was a, it was an interesting one. Uh, Max, just to cut it really, really short, the, the Mercedes looked pretty vulnerable out there. Yep. Uh, Lewis did a really good job, to be honest, uh, to get right up into third position because his car looked rubbish. Bottas's looked not so great either. So well, they both did a pretty good job of that. I saw Ricardo was really good during practice. He actually set a record. Yeah, yeah Ricardo and Verstappen both both very quick in practice. They had um Ricardo had some problems really in the in the the quality session. He was I I thought it might have been power problems, but they they've got a new motor in the car, so mate that's not it. But, but didn't it they, just wasn't hooked. He couldn't get the car to hook up. He was complaining he about taking tires. a penalty. He like did. They, did they change? Yeah, he he ended up starting seventeenth. I think it was no, it was above that. But yeah, sixteenth. Yeah, he he did get a, a a penalty. Um, and they put the penalty obviously the en- engine in because they thought the other engine might not make it. So, but yeah, he had mass dramas. He said he couldn't get any of the tires that any of the sets they had in qualifying to turn on. And he said, we haven't touched the car since yesterday. Like, mm. literally, this is the same car. And we can't understand. The track temperature's up. He's like, I don't understand why. Well, everyone was talking about the faster. high altitude of Mexico City. Is it Mexico City? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mexico City. It's at a quite a high altitude above sea level. And everyone's going, well, we've been coming here for a couple of years now. You know, we should understand this. I don't yeah, think well, that's a, shu- a the, huge... The air is really thin. So, they do run... Like, it, it has some high-speed... Um, spots on the circuit and they, but they still run a a quite high downforce car because mm. the air is so thin the cars cut through it quite easily um it was what was weird for that was max almost looked untouchable to be honest max looked good uh the Vitel, the vitel lap i don't know where he pulled that from because no one could touch max through qualifying at all mm. um n- everyone even brundle and all that were basically going that max was going to be on pole and then sebastian just pulled this mega lap out. well he knew he needed to finish first or second yeah well he he did a good job he he really did that was a stunning it lap. was his fifth it wasn't much between position. them yeah yeah well he's starting to stack them up isn't he mm. uh, well they're not really anymore I, I, that most of those were from back in the red bull days but doesn't matter I was actually like most of Hamiltons are from the Mercedes days. Yeah, well, I was actually looking. Now you talk about that of a a film clip and the Formula One put up, and um, it was all the four time world champions. Yeah, and you can clearly see what happens. Dominant car. Is it? Is it? A lot of the times, it's multiple years back to back because yeah. so well, obviously Vettel was a hundred percent back to back. There's no gaps in his one, two, three, four. Yeah, just two thousand ten to two thousand and. 10, uh, 11, 12, 13, yep. Yeah, somewhat. Hamilton had his one, and then he's had three 
with just one gap. Yeah. But obviously still the Mercedes dominant era. Um, Michael Schumacher had a couple. Um, couple early on, had a bit of a break, and then yeah, went yeah. on another and then had spree. another couple. And so, so it was very, um, very much you can see when they're getting those dominant cars that good driver and dominant car. It's hard to yeah, beat. It's hard to beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the the highlights really from from qualifying for me. It was really how quick Max was over Daniel and how good a lap uh, Sebastian managed to get in to um, pip just pip Max. I know this seems to be something that I look at every week now on this show. Ocon's still doing goddamn very well. Oh yeah, yep. So there's He's a lot. Prof- of- he qualified six. Sergio Perez was in tenth. Well. There was actually, because there was so much hype about Sergio on the weekend, there was a lot of the pre-race stuff was about Sergio, obviously being in Mexico City. They've gone through this tragic um, earthquake. Good earthquake, yeah. Yeah. So they basically, they, they really, really got around him and helped Oh, and the fans, the you could hear it on during the race. Like when he made a pass, I can't remember who he passed, but there was a pass that he did and the whole crowd just went nuts. Oh, it's ridiculous, the support. Like it's out of this world sort of support there. It only really, really reminds cool. me of... um. A couple of years ago when Ricardo come home third or second on the podium in Australia, only to have it subsequently taken away. Yeah. But you yep. see, like, I think it was Ham- uh, Rosberg goes and wins the race or someone. Yeah. And not much cheer. And then Ricardo comes around the corner and the whole crowd's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was good. The biggest cheer for second. But no, it's what you get with a home ground. Yeah. But Ocon really outs good. on him again. And now there's a lot of talks that Perez was even talking about the Ferrari seat that could be opening up. He wants to go sort of to Ferrari or Mercedes, but he's you know and saying how much better of a driver he is now. But it's going to be hard with it's going to be hard with Ocon. Who do you want? Like, do you want someone that's sort of middle aged in their racing career? Like I'm not calling him old, but middle aged in his racing career. Mm-hmm. He, you know, max of maybe five to ten years left in him racing at his elite level. It's a long time, but still. Um, or do you take someone that's it's up and coming, coming their prime. driving really, really well, and they can groom him to however they they want him, basically. He's um, he's a very quick driver. He's the full package, good qualifier, good, good racer. I think the thing that... Perez has over Ocon is just the sponsors. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, obviously a little bit more experience. But I think, yeah, definitely the sponsors is probably where what the drawing car is, card mm. is for a few teams. Well, do we want to have a quick little little chat about where driver movements are? Like yeah. where we think? It's all the big talk now is Ricardo. Where's Ricardo going? Next, I know. Not it's next crazy. year, the year after. It's crazy. We're like over a year away from him being able to jump in a different car. It's like um, well, I'm current. We're currently car shopping at the moment, not by cho- kind of by, not by choice, but you know we're having to do this. It's right, Ricardo. He's just going around to all the dealerships, going, "Give me a brochure. Let me have a look." Yeah, you know, ooh, the Ferrari's got these packages. All yep. right, let me have a look at the Mercedes ones. Where do you think he's going to end up? Oh, uh, I think. Or is he going to stay at Red I Bull? I think Ricardo's being very wise at the moment, and. He's clear. waiting to see what cars are fast next year. So Red Bull, everyone in the paddock, by the looks of it, believes that Red Bull's going to make a step forward next year, and we're going to have probably more of a three ba- three way battle than we have this year. Mm-hmm. Probably a bit more like it is right now. That would be good. They reckon they fixed their wind tunnel, basically um, 
a lot of the problems they had at the start of the year, they they put down to their wind tunnel. Yep. They are ignoring the fact that the suspension trick that they had it was taken away had, from them. They had nothing to do with it. Yeah, not one bit. But apparently there was some calibration er- errors in their wind tunnel, and that was having huge dramas with their what how they were setting the cars up and stuff like that. Um, so that will be interesting to see and i'm sure daniel will be keen to see how well the renault goes what's going to happen for 2019 for the engine wise he would have to keep a close eye on toro rosso as well because there's all this talk of them going well that's exactly right does but then renault there's also stay aston on? martin but aston's only going to really come into the play in 2020 when the new engine regulations come in they're not going to instantly build a a hybrid engine for them so mm that's the big sticking points. Like, I think he could probably trust Aston to do quite well when they come in for the new regulations, but we're talking a year and a year in between there where he's not going to want to be bashing around at the back in a, a Honda that's not performing or a Renault that's not performing, depending on what way they go. Mm, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of my, um, you know, like in football and stuff like that, we get a, a a player that plays for the one team their whole career and, you know, become a life member of that club. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Loyalty. Yeah. Red Bull's done a lot for Ricardo, and I kind of, I mean, I know I'm a Red Bull fanboy and all, but... What about Sebastian? That was a sad day when that (laughs) happened. Yeah, so it is one of those things. Daniel's got to do what's best for Daniel. So he's got to look for that seat that is going to give him the best package to take a world championship. I can just see him, him leaving Red Bull and then Red Bull coming back on their game and then he's never going to win a world championship. Do you think he's going to do an Alonso? Although Alonso had already won two championships. Alonso's done that a lot. He just leaves teams and they get good. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Regret. Regret. I guess he's got to try and just look at the facts he can see and make the best decision he can. Alonso has been very unlucky. I actually seen an interview with Lewis this weekend saying Alonso should have far more than two world championships. He's the best driver out there. He went to Ferrari, which at the time you would have thought, ah, that's a smart move. Yeah. And then Ferrari just went crap for until Vettel come back. Pretty much. Oh, no, there was that period in 2012 that was a very tight year and Ferrari were fighting for it. Yeah, before the new regs. Oh, they come down to, yeah. Yeah, but that was still Red Bull dominant era. Yeah. That was the one with crazy gear, remember? Like, everyone won a race at the start? Yeah, it was a bit Even of a Even Pasta won a race, you know. <laughs> if Malmonado <laughs> can win a race, hell, <laughs> anyone can win a race. Yeah, those are the type of years where you're like thinking, let's change the rules. Yeah. <laughs> We've oh. got good racing, let's change them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw this good racing stuff, let's get back to one dominant team. <laughs> Talking about dominant team, let's jump to the race. Yep. Max was very dominant, wasn't he? Uh, well, extremely. Uh, his crew was telling him to slow down so much of the race, it wasn't funny. <laughs> so He thought it was quite funny, though. I missed the first... 20 laps of this because I swear it said it started at 5 and I turned it on at 5 and it was already gone. It was must have been 4.30. I think I did the same thing. I've re-watched the race since, but the I think this is pretty boring listening, to be honest. I think my Foxtel time thing, is when it? it tells me it's for Eastern Standard Time, not, not Northern local. Territory. Yeah. 
So I'm looking at it going, okay, I got to get up at this time. And then when I've got up for it, by the yeah. way, this is an app, by the way, with my phone has a GPS. So he's, the app should be able to work it out. Should. But I don't, I worry. don't think it Are we going to have a Foxtel hate the app thing? Because <laughs> I had that last week. <laughs> Every time I did use the app when I watched the race, I made sure it was bloody live. I'm like, let's go up. None of this jump back 20 <laughs> laps business. I mean, if I could, I could have watched the whole race, but would have been late to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... I had... And I was the same... I, when I woke up, I was a bit late to it, and then I felt like I, was, I wanted to rewind it, but then I'm like, I'm not going to get to work on time, so yeah. I've got to just leave leave it go. But, uh, yeah. It, I'm lucky I didn't watch it, because if I saw Ricardo retire <laughs> six laps into another Grand Prix back-to-back, I don't think I would have done I don't think I could have done it. Once again, Renault's... Not not pulling through for the Red Bull team there at all. Renault's weren't pulling through for anyone except for Max. Yeah, well, I suppose let's jump all the way into it, hey? All right. Biggest things of the weekend, Max's pace. I Max's think he was stu- standout driver from the weekend. I guess we should talk about turn two, turn three, lap one. No, that, that was nothing, I think. <laughs> but I tell you what, I was a very confused man when I turned on and said lap 21, <laughs> Hamilton last, Ricardo out. I'm like... What the hell happened? I, I know. And then the, the commentators just kept throwing little tidbits back to it. I'm going, what do you mean? If you're gonna what just happened? Stop jumping around the thing. Just play the start of race again. Let me see it. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty interesting. All right. So recap it for me. Okay. First corner, we end up pretty much going three wide into the braking zone. We've got Sebastian got a, a, a pretty good start. Got in front of um, Max. Max. Max got a good toe, pulled to the left of him, going into a right-hand corner. And then Hamilton got a good toe from both the cars and pulled up to the left of Max. Yep. So we're going three wide into the braking zone. Hamilton, albeit a little bit back, he's sort of at Max's rear tyre. Mm-hmm. Hamilton can see that they're going to push on with it. So he just cautiously opened the corner right up so he could get a good run for turn two. Sebastian and Max went on with it. Sebastian ran Max pretty much out of road, but it was enough racing room so I that they could get through. did make sure when I did rewatch the start of the race, I did make sure that Max stayed all wheels on the track. I was like, yeah, no, they were all, all yeah, on the Yeah, there line. was actually a small contact. Uh, I think it was tire to tire or maybe Sebastian's tire on, on, the, um, on the floor of Max's car. But no, I don't think Max really sustained any damage. They get into turn two. Now, Max chopped across the front of Seb. I've seen the winglet go. Yep. So, Seb already lost an end plate Mm -hmm. off the end of his uh, front wing on the left-hand side. Um, No damage to Max, by the way. Yeah. He managed to get away with it, It, and it was into the rear tire. So, it pretty much looked like a certain puncher, but he he got away with that. Um, Not Max's fault, by the way. That that was pretty normal how they race these days. They, They tend to... Uh, command the racing line, and and he did. Uh, And then they come into turn three. Now, in that meantime that Max has cut across the front of Seb, Seb's obviously had to lift to allow Max in. Max has compromised on his entry angle. Lewis has taken this ripping run straight through turn two, up around the outside of Seb, and nearly passes Max when they get into turn three. Now, turn three, Max... Swings back across once again, commands the racing line, actually touches the front of Lewis's wing and breaks a bit off his wing, um, which 
wasn't talked about too much in the race, but it did happen. He he did clip the front of Lewis's car as well. Mm-hmm. Then Seb, when he comes out of the corner, gets a bit of wheel spin. This well, this is this is the controversial bit here. Seb comes out of the corner. Lewis is on the outside ripple strip. There's plenty of room on the inside. Seb gets a bit of wheel spin and sort of seesaws the steering wheel across the track, catching it, trying to get the power down, obviously, to get up the inside of Lewis for the next corner. Or well, it will be the outside for the next corner. But And he, he, he steers directly into Lewis's right-hand rear tyre, causing a puncher and pretty much a race-ending mm. um, slow lap, basically. Now, he went last and second. And intentional? No, no. I, I want to state that I think he, he was just trying to catch a slide. And you can see his, like his RPM lights are in the blue. He's, oh, yeah, he's he seesawing on the steering wheel. And if it, it looks very suspect. But I'm sure if you looked at the data and seen that what his rear what RPM to, yeah. is compared to his front tires, I'm sure you'll see that he's, he's getting a bit of wheel spin and, and, and he's, he's just trying to catch it. But, you know, he's a crafty fella and maybe he could have done it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take it away from all the theorists out there that think he did. It didn't help. Yeah, and then Lewis come on the radio, not helping all the people out there that thought he did it deliberately. Saying he turned in on me or saying. Yeah, he said, "Did he do that deliberately?" And his engineer said, "Oh, we don't know." So. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think Vettel would have done that deliberately. I think it was a bit more of a racing incident. It made it interesting because it was like, can Vettel? Or Vettel had to finish second. Um, it was, yeah, it made it exciting. I, I was actually thinking to myself when I watched the replay from the start, I'm like, maybe we should sh- have some reverse grid races here. Look, look at all the passing that's going on. Yeah, this is pretty I exciting. I quite like the Mexico track. I know I said this last year. I like the grandstand section. Yeah, I think the grandstand section could do, this is controversial, with some improvement. Yeah. I think, I think it's it'd be great. good viewing. Oh, yeah, I think it's great. I think we just need to make it a bit more meaningful. It's like a really slow, awkward part of the track. I think we need to make it a hairpin and then turn back around or something so there's a passing opportunity in there. Yeah. Um, because where how it is, is it comes off a very short straight and obviously we don't want much speed going into a grandstand area where there's lots of fans, no runoff area, well, very little runoff area, whatnot, but it is... A magical area, like the crowd cheering every time they go through there. It's you can hear pumped. the crowd yeah. through there. That would be fantastic. Absolutely pumped. What's your other talking points? God, okay, let's talk about the Renault failures. When I first saw Brendan Hartley, he was actually like 13th or saying halfway through the race. Was he yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, he was doing pretty well. And then they had onboard, I think, from Vettel or someone because he was working his way up through the grid and you could just see this smoke plume in the foreground. And you're like, I'm watching this going, who, there's no, they haven't mentioned anything about this smoke plume going there. And it took a couple of more shots before they actually commentated said saying about it. And then you saw the poor old Toro Rosso pulled up about half, I don't even think it was half race distance. Yeah, lap 30. Yeah, with a, with a decent fire. Yeah. <laughs> a um, bit of a fire Wasn't fire that the on. one they, did they say to him? No, it no, was Hulkenberg's Hulk, car was yep. unsafe. Yeah, so Hulk had a... Um, Ur's problem, uh, bat- basically the battery a failure with inside the battery. Didn't they change it from Ur- like Kurs to Ur's. Well, because Kurs stands for kinetic energy. Yeah, and then the other one's just energy recovery system. Yeah, because the, so the energy recovery system stands for the battery. Yeah. Then you've got a H. 
Oh God, HGMU. Yeah, yeah. So yep. which is turbo, um, and then there's uh one for basically the the ERS as oh. well. So they've got multiple systems, charge systems now. His battery had a, a major problem, and these cars are packing some punch in electricity now. It's like so a small. What do they say? It's a small family car worth yeah. of power. Yeah, so twenty horsepower, say one hundred and sixty horsepower. The electrics are on average um, about as much as a small Tesla. No. <laughs> but the, the 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 voltage in them is quite dangerous. So um, once they're deemed to be unsafe, you need special gloves, insulated gloves, to touch the car, uh, and also the driver cannot make contact with the ground and the car at the same time in case the car's alive. Yeah. Um. So they they told him he had to jump from the car. Yeah. And he did. He did. He did. Yeah. Safely, everyone. No no barbecue Hulk. No barbecue Hulk. The Hulk lived to tell another tale. Yep. Yeah. But a resounding failure, really. For Renault. Brand new. Well, and especially, you got to look at Daniels was the brand new everything. Yeah, it was only put in that race meeting. Yeah, brand new turbo and failure. Hartley turbo. Um, Hulk's was not a turbo, but... Saints? I'm not sure about what happened to Saints engine. They he I think he said he was down on power and they pulled it in. So that could that sounds very much like a turbo as well. Yeah. Well the only other one there was the Sauber Ferrari engine that come in on fire as well. Yeah. That, that's last year's Ferrari, isn't it? That is last year's Ferrari engine, yeah. yeah. They weren't that great. I'm trying to remember the race. Well, there was some pretty good racing in the ac- this race, actually. I mean, the big Fernando thing Alonso was driving like a man possessed, keeping Lewis behind him, which was <laughs> really good. And Lewis come out, and he's like, I wouldn't expect anything less from him. That's that's actually the interview. He's like, yep. he should have more championships than he does. He is one of the best racers out there. And he had all right to keep yeah, exactly. Lewis behind him. It exactly. wasn't blue flagged or anything. It's like, no, nah, you want that position, you got to earn it. Pass yep. it. Yeah, no. And look, he, Lewis didn't even make any more positions once he got in front of Fernando. So that shows you that Fernando, if he could have kept defending, he could have kept that position, obviously. Yeah, Lewis being in a, a much faster car down the straights, but still great effort by um, both of them. And they put on a bit of a show. Lewis actually coming through the pack was actually pretty good. It was good to and watch. so was Seb. Yeah. Seb had to come from second last. Shows you the, the caliber of those drivers, though. They yeah. made it look... Somewhat easy. Seb had a few passes where he had to go deep. And I mm-hmm. think that was just because he was a bit more desperate to get to the front to keep the championship alive. I thought he was going to tear through those tires. I thought so too, because he was on the ultra softs. So just for everyone out there, they had the the ultra softs, the super softs, and the softs this weekend mm-hmm. as the three compounds of choice. Now, Ferrari had no super softs left in uh, in their arsenal for for. Vettel to go out on when they they pitted him, so he had to go on the ultras. Now Ferrari was assuring all the commentators, no, oh, they can do the distance, but the commentators were basically, mm, can they yeah, make it or so. not? But yeah, they they did a great job, and he was pushing hard, and they they made it to the end. I'm really happy that they didn't like he didn't actually catch Raikkonen. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And I was thinking if they did, if he did catch him. And they could catch Bottas, give the position back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think Vettel might have done that. Hamilton did that um, to Bottas yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah, I agree with it. I think that's um, not not a bad idea. But in the end, it wasn't needed. You had um, Raikkonen got his it's a double podium, uh, his second podium in a row. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
Max got a win. A so win. He must be very happy with that. He was pretty I mean, tough. the fact that how how well he was driving this weekend, you know, it was he his had that race thing to hooked win. up. It was yeah. another one where it's another race one on genuine car pace as well. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't like a misfortune of other drivers. Yep. Granted, you could probably say the coming together from uh, from Vettel and um, Hamilton may have helped his race, but in the end, he was still out in front anyway. Yeah, it's um, it's true. He he really dictated that race, and it was it was pretty good. And he was so quick; even the team is telling him to slow down. Yeah, it's true. It's okay. I think they're a little bit worried about a turbo failure on Max's car as well because. The team kept telling him to slow down. Yeah, yeah, he's they're like, laughing what's the them. video or the, the onboard audio where he's going, uh, Max, that was the same lap time as last lap. And then Max is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just laughing. You're like, ah. He must have just got so bored out the front. He's just like, all right. It's like what Vettel used to do. Yeah, exactly. And that, the commentator said the exact same thing. They're like, I remember a young... Vettel in a yeah, Red Bull, a young Red Bull that driver. every time they're just telling him to slow down and bring it back, that he would set the fastest lap of the race. Well, Vettel <laughs> was still setting the fastest laps anyway. I think he got the fastest lap of the race. Um, yeah, he was pushing pretty hard. He was really, really pushing. If anything happened, he was going to be there to pounce. Shall we just talk about the championship? Well, I guess it's it's, it's done. Done, isn't it? Yeah. I lost my money on Vettel, which I put on at the start of the year. I think I've lost money too, to be honest. Ah, This is the downside of gambling, isn't it? Yep, it is. That's why you don't bet big, people. (laughs) Well, uh, or you bet big and you win lots, but you could be like us. Just bet where you can afford (laughs) gambling's bad, yada, yada, yada. Um, (laughs) There was a period um, in the 2000s or 2010-ishes where Hamilton's saying, Vettel's dominance of the sport is bad for it. Fans are going to switch off. It's going to get boring. Yeah, that was four in a row. I can understand that a little bit. But he's got... Mercedes has Three four in four. a row. Mercedes got four in a row. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think? Do you... Is it going to get boring? Or do you think it's actually getting good now because we reckon next year we're going to have all these cars competing? I think it's going to get good. I think now the championship doesn't matter. We can have a proper battle to the end. Ferrari and Mercedes can now 100% turn their focus on next year's car. There's no no need for any updates on these cars now. Oh, 100%. yeah. Well, there's only two more races. Yeah, 100% next year's car. Um, I'm. We're getting to that time of year, which I love but hate. I love this time of year because I love fishing and the fishing's about to get good. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate the big gap in the racing. It, it it's a uh, it's a big gap towards the, the end yeah. like after Abu Dhabi. Yeah. After the that, season. Yeah. Once the two main seasons that I follow end. But then it, we get the Bathurst 12 hour in like February. It's not as exciting. <laughs> no. It's good, but did you see Mostert went over and um, competed in China in the Asian Le Mans series and won that? Oh, did he? I, mm. I seen he was going over. I didn't yeah, see no, the he result. Won it. There you go. See Tim He's Slade's the first one to sign on for the 12 hour? Yep. Mostert's building up a good little... Um, Enduro. Yeah, and also a relationship with uh, BMW. Yeah. He's yeah. always doing factory drives for him now. That's and that's nice. who he raced over um, in the Asian Le Mans series with. So he's 
I reckon he'll race the BMW again in the 12 hour. Yeah. Can you see Mostert going over to maybe WEC or doing that? Or you reckon he's going to definitely chase supercars? I think he's going to chase a, a yeah championship in supercars. I think he's good enough to win one. I think he's probably going to be the next... Stanaway is probably his only threat at the moment. No no offense to um, Waters, but... Um, or or win a bottom, but I think Chaz, if he keeps staying with PRA, he's going to be the main guy. Yeah. Um, he's going he to be the spearhead. He just seems to be really quite good in these endurance racing now. Yeah, yeah. Well, seems he's, to prove he's himself. Worked, he's worked a lot on his fitness and and stuff like that, and he's he's really at the top of his game again. Mm. He is really good at the moment. So, yeah, and Tim Slade's doing the 12-hour. Tim Slade's... um. I think he did W the World Time Attack as well only the other week. He did, and he won that. He won it last year as well. Yeah, he's he's um pretty good at the Eastern Creek track and got a pretty good car, and he won it again. Mm. Different car, I think, this year as well. Was I don't it? think it was the I same didn't, car. Didn't I could be wrong. It. You can write in if you want to correct me on that. Um, in other, I suppose other news, could, yeah, get on to it. We'll get into the bit of thing. Cam's blocked... Supercars takeover of the Australian GT series. Well, yeah. not the takeover. They were going to take controlling. They were going to take control over it, not ownership. But because of that, now Australian GT, at the last couple of years, have done... They've been the support schedule for the Adelaide 500. This year, they're not on the cards. Um, they're bringing over the Asian... Where was it? Sorry. The, the Asian... Asian Audi R8 series, which is a one-make series, I assume, a little bit like the GT series, but all... Probably like the Porsche series, I guess. Where yeah, they're, they're that's factory probably more like cars. Or the 86, yeah. Yeah, at the calibre of the, the GT series, mm. I'd say. I'd say they're, they're all a GT. I think they'll be pretty good to watch. I think it'll be, yeah, really good to watch. I think the racing will be nice and close, and who doesn't like an R8, honestly? Something that I actually really liked. I liked watching these GT cars smash the curbs. Yeah, they don't like it, do they? I know, but it looks really good. <laughs> like when they, like you, you know, you get a Lambo up and two wheels. It's like, oh, their poor suspension does not like it. No, <laughs> and the front splitters the are that low that you know. Yeah, the travel and stuff, and the aero on them is pretty. Uh, travel's not good, and the aero's uh, very low. <laughs> All right. In other news, Rulo's out. Rulo's out. Yes, uh, they've they've come to well. Actually, the moment I don't think they've actually split. They're facing a split. No one's actually properly announced. But as we record this on Tuesday night, there's still Lucas Number Motorsport have not nominated a driver for the 62 car yet. Aaron Russell has been nominated for the number three to race this weekend. So Stanaway was meant to be stepping in for. This is what's brought around the whole thing. Essentially, the the rumours around the track is Stanaway was going to step in for Rulo. Mm-hmm. Not going to kick Rulo out for the last two races, and he was. This is all rumours, but because um, Dumbrell's looking at getting the PRA cars next yep. year, he'll be in a PRA car at Lucas Dumbrell. Um, probably, you know, puppet stringed by. Tim Edwards at, at PRA. So now Rulo's, I don't think, overly happy about it. The Rulo signed a multi-year deal at the start of the year. He had a two-year year. deal. A two-year yeah. deal. And then he got told um, at Gold Coast, when you're not needed next year. 
Yeah. So his management team is sort of not super stoked um, that he signed a deal thinking, all right, I've got a job for two years and he only got a job for 10 months. Not even. It is rough. It is rough because I'm sure Rulo is bringing money to the team. I'm sure he's not there because he's, he's getting paid to be there. No offense to him or anything. He's a young kid and he's trying his best to in the in the top game in a in a car that's substandard. It it is rough. He's probably given them the money to be out on track this year, where they probably weren't going to get it anywhere else. Do you think this is, could be a little blessing in disguise for Rulo? Because I think he's probably going to get more. He's going to improve his race craft and that competing in a competitive Super 2 car towards the front end of the grid than he is in a non-competitive supercar driving around mm. at the back by yourself. Uh, I mean, he's I, getting I, really I, good at avoiding traffic, like letting think, traffic I pass him. I think there is there's two sides to that coin. Obviously, his race craft, passing people and stuff like that, is going to get better in Super 2s where he's, he's in a, a more competitive car. But lap, just sitting behind the wheel, getting those getting laps, lap time, yeah. getting laps at tracks that Super 2s don't go to, that is going to help him. Like, he's not going to be, I think he finished 17th or 20th or something like that in the championship when he was in, in Super 2s yeah. before he stepped up. So he wasn't ready to come to it's the main, the main game. game. But when he goes back to Super 2s, if he gets a decent car, I don't see him finishing down there. I see him no, being I top him. ten. Yeah. Um. So I think he's he would have learned a lot of val- valuable lessons. It's been a hard year for them, and he would have learned these lessons the hard way, in the public eye of everyone seeing him come last all the time, which is not good. No. Sponsorship wise or psyche wise, yeah, yeah, or yeah, exactly. Like you know, people feel sorry for them, and I shouldn't say that, but people feel sorry for them. And that's that's not a good way. Mm. It's not good. So, fingers crossed, this can be dealt with nice and cleanly and, um, you know, Alex gets a nice seat for next year. Yeah, we're talking about seats for next year. Anton's got a seat. Yes, Mr. Pasquale. Yep. D. Pasquale. D. Pasquale is going to be driving for Erebus. Now, he signed a two-year deal. or multi. It says multi-year deal, but I think it's a two-year. Yeah, that's um, that's good. Mm. Uh, I think he's he's done pretty well in his limited time in Dunlop series. He's actually had he's one of the drivers in Dunlop series that's had a, 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 quite a lot of experience. He's a bit like he uh, went to Europe and did single seaters, but he yeah. gave, had to give up on that. I think financially he couldn't keep yeah, going. I think he realised he wasn't going to make it to Formula One, so yeah. that was one of those things. And uh, he, he as soon as he come back, he's been a bit of a star. Yeah. So he, he's done a good job. He's in the races he's competed in. He's done quite well. And let's see how he goes next year up against Davey. Um, be be, I think Davey would be a good mentor. So I think that's good as well. Yeah. And it was, it was good to see, you know, Dale Wood did announce that he's not continuing on. I think that was probably for the best. It should be good for Erebus to have, you know, a young guy that Davey can show him the ropes, you know, maybe improve it. Improve yeah. Anton's. I can't. I, I don't know too much stuff. about Anton. I, uh, I've got mates that are mates with him, but I don't know too much about him personally. So it will be it will be interesting to see what type of person he is and and uh, a bit more of him. Moff looking like he's going to be without a seat next year. Yeah, we see. I've seen that. He basically says he doesn't think he's going to be at GRM. And I also read something the other day of 
Bradley Jones saying he would be very surprised if he keeps the same three drivers this for next season. I I know one that's probably not going to be there. Who? Don't want to say too much, but yeah, I don't I don't think um, Blanchard's going to be in his seat next year. I thought Blanchard bought his rec license. Blanchard does well. His family owns he, the rec license. Yeah. Yes, but that's not one of his three drivers. Who's his third driver then? Well, he's got Percat, Slade, yeah. and Blanchard. It was Blanchard, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they only run three cars in the main game. Yeah, oh, I just I don't know. I was just I always think, I don't know. I don't want to say too much, but it I feel like Todd Hazelwood's going to be in um, Blanchard's seat for next year. So we will wait to hear from Todd, and hopefully they get all the deals and stuff. Nutted out, signed away, and whatnot. But yeah, that that'll be good. I'm I just I don't know why, but I just thought that they had four cars. Four cars. Okay, this is just contradicting everything I just said. Here we go. We got the latest report. Five days. Five old. days ago, <laughs> basically, Brad Jones saying he'd be very surprised if he does change his lineup. Slady will be there next year. Nick will be there, and we're not looking to change the stuff around. So, I don't, I don't expect anything to change. I'd be very surprised if it does. That's, I think, talking about Slade and and Nick, basically. Yeah, Blanchard, however, is yet to make a final call on his future. J- Jones has a twenty-three-year-old son, Macaulay, waiting in the wings should a vacancy spot open. Okay, well. All right, so we're wrong and right at the same time, and they do only have those three cars. Well, there's the the problem is, I guess, cutting back in there. Yep. Uh, the the problem is, there's so many drivers ready to, to step jump up. up. And this is why no I think seats. we need like two more teams. Yeah, we really, at the moment, maybe next year we won't have this many, but at the moment we've got, you know. Like, probably the top three or four, obviously discounting Dumbrell because he doesn't want a main game drive, no. otherwise he'd have it. But you got, um, you know, out of Brock, Super 2, that could Jacobson, be up. Jacobson, you know, yeah. Hazelwood, all of them should be looking for drives next year. McCauley is going to jump the queue a little bit, I think, as well. Yeah, you already got Pasquale has stepped up. Yep. It's just... There's hmm. a few drivers... We're getting into the nitty-gritty of it. It's not always just down to how well they do in the championship. But obviously, they've got to be good with sponsors and whatnot. But, yes, very, very interesting times. One quick thing on Nick Percat's car. Have you seen how he sneakily got a number one on his car for this round? I don't know if you can see it. Because he's got Haley, Harley Davison um, on his car for this weekend. Yeah. The number one right there on the side of the car with a skeleton hiding in it. Ah. Uh. There you go. I read some comments on the internet. They're like, that's the only way Nick Perkhead's going to get number one on his car. I was like, oh, calm rough. down, calm down. Oof, Let oof. him have a bit. He's won Bathurst's first attempt. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Perkhead was quite a good carter. What do you think of the, the Harley-Davidson livery? I don't mind it, to be honest. Mm. The flames are very old school. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a super. We'll agree to nothing disagree. against super two liveries, but I know it, it does look like, like a super, super two. two it's like where's the rest of your sponsors? But you know they change it every week. Someone it's that hasn't true. changed it, HR Mobile <laughs> One Walking Shop. What was that? What? 
<laughs> they still haven't changed um, Scott Pye's car. No, and it's looking just as good as it did in, in, in Bathurst. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's. It's not going to be a long episode. We are in New Zealand this week. Who, who's your pick? It's a hard one, isn't it? I know. We already talked about this last week. We did kind of guess, but we got another whole week to sleep on it and think about it. Well, you got to. I don't know. I think you've got to go with Scotty. I think he'll turn this little slump that the Upside team's down. had ar- around. Being at home, he's going to have a bit more passion in the belly. Not that he ever needs it because you just got to look at how good his qualifying is this year. But um, I think Scotty's going to be pretty hard to touch mm. and the three Triple Eight guys are going to be pretty far up the grid as well. I think Chaz will win one race. Chaz, yep. Well, he's on fire at the moment. I think so. I, You know what? I wouldn't even care if Chaz ends up just sneaking in and winning the championship just by like, Good run right at the end of the season. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed for him. That should be good. All right. I think that is us pretty much done and dusted. Apologies for a very short episode this week. Um, I am so under the pump at my actual real work that I'm trying to even work out when I'm going to get time to do anything that's podcast related. (laughs) But doesn't matter. It will be out tomorrow. It will be out Thursday. You guys will be able to download it then. Enjoy it. If you have anything you want to write into the show, please feel free to do it at breakinglate at gmail.com. You can hit up our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash breakinglate, or you can check out the website breakinglate.com. Got anything to add? Oh, we've got the live show coming up November. We will have more details. Oh, you want to plug it? Go and plug it. Plug it away. Yep. Live show November. When we know the dates. When we know the dates, you'll know about it. We'll put it out on Facebook and stuff. We just got to finalize a few more things. So hopefully you guys will get behind it. Send us some questions and stuff when we're uh, when we're doing our live show. That'd be great. Yep. But yeah, that. I think that's us done and dusted. All right. Cool. Thank you, Senor. No worries. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta learn how to speak New Zealand <laughs> next week. Fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Catch Bye. Up. Bye.